Hello and welcome to the third and final part of the Leading the Line preview series uh, for ahead of the new Scottish women's football season. I'm your host Chris Marshall. Me and Campbell have been powering through this now for an hour and a half-ish, but we are more than happy to bring you the final instalment. Campbell, how are you getting on an hour hour and a half in? Well, I've not fell asleep yet and it's all interesting so far, so I've got finally went to boost through here with the New, newly renovated SWPL Cup, so it should be an interesting podcast, and we're raring to go, aren't we, Chris? Yeah, absolutely, and this one is going to drop, if everything goes to plan, just a couple of days before the new SWPL Cup launches, so let's get straight into it. Um, so yeah, SWPL Cup, uh, I'm just going to bring up my graphic for it, which I've got in front of me, go and look at that on the Leading the Line website, I'm just vamping because I realised I shouldn't have said that out loud, but that's all good, um, but yeah, SWPL Cup, so it's a... A change to them from last term. Um, basically, last time you had seeded teams, and what was happening was SWPL1 were beating SWPL2, and then SWPL2 sides would have one game out of the tournament while the other teams would continue down that line. So they've changed it up a little bit, and there's now going to be an opening group stage. Um, so what happens in the group stage is Glasgow City and Hibernian, because they finished top two in the league last season, receive a bye into the quarterfinals. Um, there's now four groups of four. Um, with the top team in each joining them in the quarterfinals plus the best two runners-up. But that's not all, because after that, you then have the next eight best-placed teams going into SWPL plate, uh, which means that there's only going to be two teams that won't have any further cup fixtures once the group stages are done. Campbell, before we get into the groups themselves, um, I think this is a pretty good change in terms of format. It means there's a bit more games, and I think we've already kind of spoken off air about the fact that it's thrown out some interesting ties that we're quite looking forward to going and seeing. Yeah, I think it's a good addition, obviously. As you're saying, last year it ended up being very stale. I mean, barring Stirling Uni just about beating Glasgow women, every other game was sort of a comfortable win for the SWP or one side. So the fact that you're now giving these teams all three, at minimum of three games, that's a good addition. The SWPL play, part of me doesn't really see the point. But um, I think the Cup's a great way, a great way of getting these teams involved early on in the season and it means they can be really fresh for getting the, the league starting as well. So it's a very good addition, hopefully. And as we're seeing, some of the ties, even looking at the, the games here in front of me, it should be a very intriguing couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think the SWPL play, I can I can see the, the value in it to an extent in that it gives teams who maybe don't have the opportunity to win something very often because... We know how much Glasgow City dominate the league and how SWPL 2, up until last this season, only had one promotion place. So it kind of gives them something to aim for in that regard. Um, but yeah, I can also understand that it'll be interesting to see how sides take the tournament um, in terms of how they use it as preparation for the league season, whether they take it seriously. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely a change worth trying out. And I, I, I'm quite looking forward to seeing how it pans out. I think the format's a little weird. Um so they have three group games. Uh, so the first game is on the 9th of February. Uh, match day two is on the 16th of February. And then match day three is on the 1st of March. But there is a league fixture squeezed in between that. So um, I'm interested in your, ta- your take on that, Campbell. But in my head, it would have been better just to get the three group games out of the way first. And then you could just go ahead and straight into the league. Um, and yeah, I mean, I- I've already flagged this up to, to people in terms of the draw taking place on a Saturday afternoon. Not great. Uh, and that's my my honest opinion I think it was a missed opportunity to really shout about the new tournament Uh, I know there was kind of some some kind of reasons for it in terms of um, AGM and structures and stuff like that but I felt like a little bit of a missed opportunity 
what what's your take in terms of the, the structure and how it was kind of promoted uh, prior to the groups being drawn? Put very politely there, I think, given how we both kind of feel about it off it. I think having three games is a great idea, but I really don't see why they don't just wait until start in the league the following week. Um, yeah, on a Saturday, I missed the draw personally. I'll be again a lot of people on a Saturday away watching men's sides and shopping if you're not a football fan or whatever, doing a lot of other things on your Saturday afternoon. But um, I think that was a bit silly, perhaps, as you've said, but we know what's going on here and it's, it's just a great idea and hopefully the teams can promote it themselves. A lot of them have done. Hopefully it'll just keep, keep promoted, obviously, coming up to the games again starting um, next Sunday. So it's it's definitely a great addition and just hopefully it's promoted a bit better when it comes to actual kickoff time. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the majority of the teams, I can't say all. I know I can't say all because I was sat and watched all the teams make the announcements. But the vast majority of teams were right on top of it, had their games out, um, had their fixtures out nice and quick as well. So that's fair play to all the teams. Um, let's get straight into the group. So, uh, Group A, so Spartans, Celtic, St. Johnston and Glasgow women. Um, probably saying that Celtic are the favourites for that Campbell. And then... Uh, it feels like to me this one's clear cut in terms of it would be Celtic and Spartans, but as we've talked about in the previous podcast, Spartans could challenge Celtic and Glasgow women are obviously quite a new squad and we know St. Johnson in the past play quite well, but maybe haven't quite got the results. Um, some interesting ties in there as well. I think Glasgow women against Spartans on the 16th of February, certainly one to keep an eye on and, and Spartans versus Celtic on the last match. They could prove crucial in terms of who finishes top. Yeah, I mean, obviously the SWPO one side's yeah, the big favourites for this. You mentioned Glasgow Women's Spartans there. It's one I've highlighted as well. Probably had a long two match day two. Could be a sort of decisive one if either of those sides have the ambition of finishing. Obviously, they could beat Celtic, but you would imagine they'll be challenging for second and hopefully one of those best winners up spot. So that'll be an interesting game, but you have to fancy Celtic to win the thing and Spartans obviously have the edge. But playing away from home against Glasgow Women could be an interesting one there. As you're saying, they've discussed in the SWPL2 podcast, they've made a lot of changes to their squad. So it's, it's quite an intriguing group, but it's one that you look at and you can probably see who you think is going to win it and where it's going to be won and lost. Yeah, I think um, I think in terms of an introduction to Scottish football for Fran Alonso, it probably works quite well. He gets to challenge a couple, maybe gets a couple of games that he will probably go in with the expectation that he'll win, and then he kind of ends it off with that kind of that challenge against Spartans, who, as we've talked about before, get results against the bigger teams. Uh, quite frequently, so yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think probably you're looking at Celtic Spartans to kind of lead the way, but don't rule out either of the other two sides in Group A. Um, please go into the leading line, as I said before. I'm going to pin this on to the podcast's Twitter feed somehow, or maybe put it as a background. I haven't quite decided yet, so you've got a copy of it. Um, it's fully up to date now, promise. <laughs> and yeah, keep a look at pictures for that. Uh, into Group B now, Campbell, Hamilton, Ackies, Rangers, Dundee United and Queen's Park. So Rangers are the only SWPL1 side in that. But it's probably fair to say of the SWPL2 sides, they've probably got two of the toughest ones in Hamilton, Ackies and Dundee United. Yeah, I mean, against all SWPL2 opposition for Rangers, you would, they should win the group. They've got a lot of these big names coming in as well as we've discussed them. Um, but yeah, two of the second tier's favourites make it for a make for a really good section. I mean, as we discussed ourselves previous to recording there, Dun United away to Hamilton. Um match day one is is a standout tie of that match day and it's a game that again, this could be the group where you look at maybe the, one of the best winners upcoming for this section because they're all very good sides in there. As much as we think Rangers probably should go on and win it. United Nackies will provide a good game and will provide Rangers with a challenge as well, you would hope. So it's another it's quite an interesting group. Again, there's obviously the one main favourite similar to Group A. 
but it's yeah, it's one that will be intriguing to watch. And that game of match day one, Marcus United could really set up those two sides for how the cup tie campaign goes. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the SWPL2 podcast, Hamilton Ackes and Dunn United and the opening match day being a, a really key fixture. I think if one of the sides come out on top of that, I think you'll maybe see one side take one approach to this competition, one side maybe take another. Uh, I think it's definitely something to keep an eye on. And Rangers obviously have to travel up to Dundee United and, and travel to Ackes. And Ackes and Rangers played pre-season, drew two each. Um, I know that it's pre-season, so we never take too much into it. But um, yeah, I think it's a good group for Queen's Park as well. Campbell, I mean, it's a pretty... It's a pretty tough introduction. They, they travel to the Hamill to take on Rangers on opening match day, and then they, they've got Aki's and then travel up to Dundee United. Um, I think it's probably a very much probably a learning exercise for Queen's Park in terms of where they're probably sitting in the grand scheme of things going forward. Yeah, I mean, obviously Queen's will come up and they're looking at these sides who are going to be higher up in their own table from them in a different tier. So, yeah, they'll look at it. Probably one of the teams looking to just get in some games in the legs and things and they'll know it's it's not what they expected to challenge this season but they'll look at it as a good learning experience and hopefully then they can kickstart the league campaign as well and try and stay up in their first season there so it's it's a tough group for them but one that I think they'll look at as a good chance of getting um, minutes into players and getting to work out what their best formation is Yeah and there's a wee Glasgow Derby in there obviously with the Rangers playing Queen's Park so yeah I, another group I think uh, I think the, the the fact that there's only going to be two second-place teams that go uh, go through to the quarterfinals certainly means that groups like this one are, are very interesting because you, you would think it's maybe kind of a favourite and then the kind of two teams will load back on out for second. Uh, moving into Group C, uh, which is Hearts, Stirling University, Muir Thistle and Aberdeen. Um, I suppose on, on paper, if you're going to take it by the fact that it's Hearts are the only SWPL one side in the, in the, in the division, well, a group division, a group's a mini division uh, in the group. But they probably are the favourites. They start at home to Birmingham Thistle and a, a bit of a, in a derby. But they've got to travel up to Aberdeen. And we talked about in the SWPL2 podcast that Aberdeen may have a little bit of a geographical advantage. Um, and Southern University obviously coming in from SWPL1, still a little bit of an unknown quantity. But yeah, it feels like a group where kind of anything could potentially happen. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting group, obviously. The two sides that swapped... SWPL 1 and 2 and the Stirling Union Hearts obviously going head to head there and with the two um, well, formerly SWFL newbies coming up it's it's quite an intriguing group I mean Hearts you imagine should top it but in the two opening games could really be crucial there and it's, it is one that really anything could happen in as is Group D's we'll get to but yeah it's, it's a tough one to call I fancy Hearts probably should win it there but Stirling Union Aberdeen and Boromir there's, there's not really too much to separate them we wouldn't think as we've discussed SAPL 2 so it's it will be a good group to actually keep an eye on and see what happens over the course of the three weeks. Yeah, and one of the things we did, maybe didn't talk about in the SWPL and uh, with Hearts is that they, they're maybe still lacking at a focal point. They had uh, Lisa Swanson playing for them in a in a friendly match uh, against Barthes this the other week. Um, but yeah, I think maybe a focal point up top will really help them out because somebody like that who can bring other players into the play really will help with the, the kind of players that Hearts have. But yeah, I think you put Hearts in his favourites. Um, and then, I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm super fascinated to see Aberdeen. I'm quite keen to see them quite quickly. Um, I don't know when exactly it will happen. But, yeah, um, I, I just kind of want to see them because I don't want to see them very often. But, yeah, Group C, uh, pretty competitive. But I think Gamble were in agreement. Group D is probably the one where, if you were going to dub a group of death, it's probably this one. Uh, Motherwell, Forfar, Farmington, Kilmarnock and Partick Thistle. 
Do you want to break this down for me first of all, and then we'll, we'll talk a bit? Frank, what's your, what's your thoughts again initially when you saw this group come out? Hardest group to call. I mean, Motherwell are obviously favourites and a fairly solid season after getting promoted last year. Um, we've got Thistle as one of the favourites for SWPL too, and I think I would possibly put them as second favourite ahead of fourth, given how much they struggled last season. But again, they're in that higher division. It's going to be tight. I think Kelly against Forth Parliament on match day one could really be a crucial one. I don't want to say that the loser's likely going to go out there, but it, it looks likely that they could struggle. But again, you never know. For all we know at the start, Forth could go and get a great three points, as could the other two. Um, Marvel played Patrick Thistle as well in the Scottish Cup last year. They won 2-0 after extra time at Ravens Craig, but with Thistle's, um, Thistle's addition, sorry, as well as Motherwell, that's a game that I'm really looking forward to. I think it's likely going to be my first game of the season as well and it'll be interesting to see how they get on and if that game is tight as we think could end up as a draw then there is that chance with Killier for Farmington if they can make a good start and get the three points then it's going to be a really really interesting group that one as well and it's, it is very very hard to call Yeah I think it's definitely the, the one that's got the most uh, sense of anticipation about what the, the outcomes are going to be in terms of the games uh, each match day I've got a question for you, Campbell. So one of the reasons this SWPL Cup... Well, I'll tell you what, that's only two in an hour and a half plus of recording podcasts. That's pretty good going, Campbell. In the SWPL Cup, um, one of the, the reasons for the change was the fact that the tournament kind of was very related towards SWPL one sides. Um, they obviously top four of each group go through and then two best runners up. Are we going to see an SWPL two side in the last eight? Um... I'd like to say yes, to be honest with you. I think as we've picked out sort of Celtic, Rangers, Hearts and Motherwell, four SWPL one sides as obviously the main favourites there with City and Hibs to join them. But you look at Partick Thistle in that group and then obviously United and Aki's playing each other in Group B. They're all sides that you would imagine will really fancy themselves to go and get fit through as one of these best runners up. So, um, yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me to see either of those three sides in particular maybe be one. They get through, and they could be one of the one or two sides that could sneak through there and give us those SWPL two representatives in the last sixteen. Yeah. Last eight. Last, last eight. Four. Last eight. Ah, you're on. Right. Been at this a wee while now, so it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, SWPL group series. Uh, the fixtures are up on the SWF website. We're also up and leading the line. Uh, I did a wee preview piece for it as well, so please go onto the website, have a wee read of that. Uh, picked out some of the key key fixtures and key uh, battles within the groups. Um, and on that as well, Campbell, let's let's move down the leagues a little bit. I also previewed the Championship Cup because we obviously have the restructure not only on SWPL level, but in the levels underneath. And we now have two uh, regional divisions, an SWF Championship North and SWF Championship South. And there's been a couple of interesting additions to the teams that were announced in that uh, over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Livingston and Falkirk are both obviously uh, stayed women's squad and Livingston in particular have been very vocal about everything. They're a good game on from themselves and then they've had a few friendlies. Played Aki's obviously a few weeks ago the Tony Macaroni Arena, fabulously named him through and Livingston is obviously where they're going to be playing their games as well so they seem to have taken things well there. The papers and what have you have been covering them too so it's good to see that there's more clubs um, getting out there and well, they've made they made some great signings from Hearts, the likes of Ashley Cass and Rachel Walker coming in, as well as some other great players, obviously, too. It can, wouldn't surprise me to see them be up challenging, even already, for promotion from Thingy. Obviously, there's no development squads now, 
Boroughmuir are away, Queen's Park are away, and you look at the likes of maybe Renfrew, it's possible being up there as well. So it's, yeah, very entertaining leagues. Same up, up north, sorry, Inverness as well, into the, into the newly formed championship for the North region there too. So it's, yeah, it's very interesting, and I think it could be, be good to see how these sides get on and as we move away from SWPL for a couple of weeks as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm quite keen to have a have a look at the championship as well. I think you've met Sir Livingston, obviously, he's been very vocal. Um, I know that they had a very high attendance announced for their opening friendly against Hamilton Ackies. Uh, I haven't seen anything to say that that wasn't the case, but yeah, I mean, it's good if they continue to get that point uh, support, and obviously, with the signs of Ashley Carson, Rachel Walkinshaw from, from Hearts, that's a bit of a statement at that level as well. Um and yeah, I think the Championship uh, Cup is obviously another good opportunity for sides who maybe haven't won anything in a while ha- get that opportunity. Uh, I know they had the kind of divisional cups, but they were because of the development sides not being in them, and they were a bit disjointed. And these obviously kind of round it out a little bit better. But yeah, I think that the Championship should be a good thing, and the fact that there's a a pretty good pathway into SWPL two now from that level, um, hopefully breeds up some some more fluidity in terms of the teams and more teams growing, which is, which is great to see. Um, let's let's move away now from the SWPL Cup and the Championship Cup and the restructure and just uh, maybe a couple of things that have happened over the course of the, the winter that's, that's kind of cool. And anything we want to call, call out, I know you mentioned that in the, in the SWPL2 podcast, but uh, obviously social media, we are a big advocate of clubs having strong social media. Um, and I think... So there's clubs that have really been pushing the work with it and I think one of the sides that we have to mention and I know that some people um, will sometimes think we've mentioned them a lot but it's because they do put a lot of work in the Zachies and they had a big media day on uh, last week well last week from when we were recording it at, the timeline is going to be all over the place and this just bear with us <laughs> um, but um, and they also got one of their fan supporters groups in and they've been putting out some content and I think it's great to see that teams are willing to put those hard yards in. We also talked about Lee Smith coming in at Dundee United and obviously Rangers and Celtic are picking up their, their social media because of the, the professionalism and the interest in their players. Um, and there's lots of good content going out. Hopefully, it's something we see from every club, uh, Campbell, going forward. Yeah, I mean, obviously noticed a lot more of it. Aki's done, was staying away almost, not just their, their football content, but obviously putting out different quizzes, things like that, maybe some questionable knowledge for some of the players, but uh, it was good things to watch, and it just uh, boosts that fan content. As you see, it was um, at Only Aki's on Twitter as well. I've done very well with them. Celtic were given us highlights from their trip to Grand Canaria, as well as interviews with hotels and things out there. Rangers improving too, as you've said. Um, Hearts, another one, they've always got highlights out each week, so Glasgow women as well, as we're seeing, we know Jerry does their media stuff through there, and they're really all improving too, so there's... It's hoping something that we can continue to see more of as the season goes on and just means it saves, not saves as such, but it gets more people to see it rather than just coming from us and SWF and things like that. So it's it's definitely very good things and hopefully they keep improving as the season goes on. Yeah, absolutely. You've kind of touched on another point there, which is obviously highlights. Um, we have we try and watch as many highlights as we can before the podcast. Obviously, we try to get to the games when we can as well, um, which is pretty much every weekend when it's possible during the season. Uh, and I think one of the things that we're really keen on is obviously highlights. And we have a lot of clubs now who seem to have a kind of dedicated media person involved with them. Um, we both know the, the the skill required to do videography, I think it's probably fair to say, Campbell. Um, it's not something that you can just pick up one day and that's you away. But it'd be really good to see every club, especially those that have the, the, the tools there already and the, the talent there already to do it. I mean, we hear a lot about 
clubs kind of bringing in the, the women's side into their wider family. It'd be great to see that kind of reflected on, in the way they they bring the proposition because at the end of the day, Campbell, more highlights means more coverage and also means more attention and potentially more money coming into the game. Yeah, exactly. As we're saying, obviously, not every team is doing it. We always know that there's always that um, the sort of hope that eventually we'll be getting highlights from every single game. And certainly more teams are doing it over the course of last season. Whether we'll do it this season, obviously, we'll find out a bit more again. So it's I know a lot of people, a lot of clubs already brought in new media folk over the winter as well. And just it's it's just it boosts these things, as you say. Folk are getting highlights. A lot of people are more likely to watch what happened in the game rather than listening to what's going to went on. That visual content is a massive thing. And if clubs can get that social media output out there, people are then more likely to see it. And if they like what they're seeing, then perhaps they're going to go watch games. Again, that goes back to where the venues are. But there's certainly good signs there. And if clubs use it wisely, there's no reason why they can't boost their attendances across the season as well. Absolutely. And do you know what? If there's not an opportunity to get a videographer out to do the game, that's understandable. We know about the budget constraints about that, that are involved in that and the time it takes to do that. Trust me, I know about the time it takes to put videos together these days. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think it'd be it'd be great to see if we get highlights from everybody. And if we can't get highlights, just something at, at full time so we know what's happened in the game. And it's not a case of you're getting kind of Sunday evening and not everything is clear yet. Because I think what I would like to do, Cameron, I'm sure you're the same as well, is like come come Sunday evening, you can give anybody who is interested a full picture of what's happening in Scottish women's football that weekend. Yeah, I know the SWF and SWPL their Twitter accounts have been very good at getting these results, but a lot of the time it comes before the clubs are tweeting them as well, and you, you want the clubs to be doing it, obviously. Fans are more likely to follow their side rather than the overall body, perhaps, and again, by doing that, you're then you're finding out what happened in that league, and then they can find out from the main sites about how the whole league is shaping up and things like that as well. So it's, it boosts the clubs, as we are saying. It also helps the likes of us for our coverage and things, and it just helps fans get to actually watch the games, and it just boosts the profile of women's football overall. Obviously, as we mentioned, like Rangers bringing a lot of these big names. It's helped with them, and just, it just helps with clubs, as we're saying. If they can boost their own media, they're boosting how their fans come to watch it, and they're getting more money in the club as well. And then most people are getting to see these players, they get more exposure, and it just works out well for everyone. Absolutely, and I mean, what what the plan is for leading the line this season, which I'm sure you've maybe got a wee flavour of over the last kind of month or so, is we're we're keen to get out and speak to more coaches, more players. Um, we've obviously had the interview with Craig Joyce. I've went and spent some time with Spartan, spoke to Beth McKay. Uh, I know that I have clubs who are already very keen to kind of come and speak to us, which is lovely. Very excited about that. Um, so yeah, we are keen to get as many people's names out there as possible. Obviously, we are doing it in our spare time and, and unfortunately with women's football that's the case for a lot of people and um, hopefully that's something that changes in the future but yeah if you want to get involved please get in contact as well I can't as I, as I often say to Campbell we can't promise anything other than a bit of banter and a chance to get your name associated with Scottish women's football but we're more than up for it and obviously yeah super excited for the new season Campbell I think it's probably fair to say to round everything off yeah, obviously we've got the new edition, as we're saying, the SWPL Cup as well, just gives you that chance to see these teams early on. And it means they can all then hopefully make a real a good start to this season because they've got these minutes under their legs too. So hopefully a good kick-off when we get back and win another competitive league season in both tiers there and obviously down below as well with some of the new sides. So it's really an intriguing season and perhaps one of the most entertaining we could have um, in Scottish women's football history. Absolutely. Um, we're not going to talk about reviews and how that plays into the Scottish Women's National Team and the SPFL at the moment because that is something that is far out with our control, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, 
big up the Scottish women's football. We are absolutely buzzing to be back. Uh, for the third time this evening, I'm just going to make sure I hit all the points. Make sure you follow Leading the Line on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to the website, www.leadingtheline.com. You can follow myself, MFPTC, on Twitter. That's me, Chris Marshall. Follow Campbell at Campbell6 underscore 2 on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, which you can get on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, all your good podcast apps. Um, and spread the word. Lots of good reviews. And hopefully we will see you again soon. Um, Thanks so much for your time and catch you later.